In this conversation of El Café Latinx, among other things, I asked Hernán Galperín of the Annenberg School of Communication at the University of Southern California some practical advice for doctoral students. And one of the things he underscored was the importance of learning the craft of grant application writing very early in the process, because that's a major pathway towards career success. About this and many other interesting topics is this conversation in El Café Latinx. What's the experience of being a Latinx scholar in the field of communication and media studies? What are the main challenges and opportunities that come with our identities? These are the issues that we'll talk about in El Café Latinx, where some of the leading voices in the field will share their professional experiences. Hola, my name is Pablo Wojcikowski. I teach at Northwestern University, where I hold the Hamad bin Khalifa Al Thani Chair in Communication. Together with Mora Matassi, doctoral student at Northwestern and executive producer of this podcast, we invite you to discover the journeys of scholars who are at the cutting edge of creating knowledge about Latinx communication across the Americas. These are our stories. Esas son nuestras historias. Estas son nuestras historias. Welcome to this new episode of El Café Latinx. I am thrilled to have with me today Hernán Galperín. Hernán is an associate professor at the Annenberg School for Communication of the University of Southern California, where he also directs the Annenberg Network on International Communication. Hernán did his undergraduate studies at the University of Buenos Aires in Argentina and then got his MA and his PhD at Stanford University in communication. And in 2000, he started as an assistant professor at the University of Southern California. He received tenure there, uh, left to go uh, to work at Universidad de San Andres in Argentina, where uh, he had a very extensive uh, career also building uh, a very important institutional infrastructure uh, there, the center for the study of technology and society, and then returned to the University of Southern California a few years ago. Um, he is considered, and rightly so, one of the foremost experts in IT policy in Latin America, in issues of political economy, and so on and so forth. He is widely published, both in book and in article uh, formats. He's a member of the Information and Media Global Future Council and the World Economic uh, Forum, and a non-resident fellow at CIDE in Mexico, has received a number of uh, very large grants. Um, and uh, I am uh, truly thrilled to have you uh, with us today. So welcome to El Café Latinx, Hernán. Thank you. Thank you, Pablo. It's, it's an honor to be here, despite that we, we, we can't have actual, I mean, we can have coffee. It's just that we can't share coffee um, as, as it would be great. But um, really, really, uh, really thank you for, for the invitation and for this great series of podcasts. Thank you for, for being with us today. So, so I'd like to start by asking you, how did it all begin? You know, how was the start of the journey that led you to become a professor? My journey, uh, well, I think, uh, I, I don't know if my journey is, is, is um, 
there were a lot of uh, unexpected turns in this journey, I would say. Um, but let me tell you how I ended up in this field. Um, because uh, my undergrad is in, in sociology. I had always an interest in sociology and economics and media was not really on my radar um, until uh, a little bit before graduation from uh, Universidad de Buenos Aires, I, I got a gig as now we call it. It wasn't a job, but it was really a gig to help uh, with a survey that ADEPA was conducting. Uh, ADEPA is the trade association of the newspapers in Argentina. And um, this really tells a story of how, how media has changed because uh, at the time ADEPA had sort of a, an idea, which is they print a lot of papers and then they give out the papers to the kiosks uh, to sell. And a lot of them are returned because they don't sell. What do we do with all these papers that we don't sell? Um, and um, at the time, the idea was, why don't we build a program with schools where we donate these papers to the schools, but we build a program around newspaper readership and civic engagement and political engagement. Remember, this is, um, this is in the early 90s, uh, mid 90s. So in Argentina was a young democracy. There was a lot of concern about uh, so, uh, a political engagement of the youth and teaching about um, the history and, and the political system and, and, and democratic values and so forth. So it was a program built around that. Um, and it was a very interesting program. We did large scale surveys of uh, teachers and students and, um, and it caught the attention of a professor at Stanford, Stephen Chafee. Um, and Steve came to Argentina. Um, he had similar programs in the US, in particular one called Kids Voting, which um, uh, was about uh, bringing kids to mock voting sites and they would quote unquote vote. So similar idea of, of, of um, uh, 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 political or civic engagement uh, in, in education at early age. Um, and uh, the program caught his attention. He came to Argentina, he became involved. And at some point he offered me to apply to continue my studies in the US. Um, and he was of course a professor and, and I believe even director of the Department of Communication at Stanford University at the time. And again, rather uh, fortuitous encounter with Steve, um, um, uh, to whom I own a great debt. Unfortunately, um, he passed at a fairly young age. Um, but um, that was my journey to Stanford. Of course, I met you um, in the, uh, at that time while, while we were both uh, graduate students, doctoral students. Um, and um, that was the beginning of the journey. Uh, I would say at, at, at the same time when, when I arrived at Stanford, um, I became fascinated not so much with old media, that is uh, newspapers at the time, but I was the focus of, of my, my research, but suddenly um, everything was about the internet and online. So I, I quickly became fascinated with the, uh, the, the, the new media and, and also questions of how this would impact uh, 
inequality and development and, and countries uh, in Latin America, for example. So, um, that, that, you know, I would say that that's the journey that, that I've taken me here is, is through, again, fortuitous uh, program, um, old media and then transitioning to new media um, and, and, and uh, articulating with my interest, uh, larger interest in terms of uh, social inequality issues. That's fascinating. So you only applied to one program when you applied for graduate school in the US? I, I'm embarrassed to say that, yes. I, I, <laughs> no, please. You have a success rate of 100% then. I, I, it was, it was, again, it was one of those fortuitous uh, meetings and I, I, I didn't understand very well the, 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 the world of US academia and in particular the, the media scholarship and which schools I want to work with Stephen on, 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 we wanted to continue working together um, on this program uh, for newspapers in schools, as it was called, but also on kids voting and all these issues. Um, and, and we did that, you know, that was a great opportunity to continue working uh, for, for a number of years with, with, uh, with Steve um, um, on, on this program. So yes, um, I, Again, a, a fairly uh, unique. I, I, I know. I, I don't know. I, I, I never asked this question to others. How many schools you applied to? But uh, my path was was perhaps um, different than others. That's fascinating. You know, I mean, I would imagine that most people apply to more than one. You know, handful. Uh, some apply to more than a handful, and and it, it's it's a whole process. I mean, I remember I applied to several. Um, that's why I, I was curious. So, um, so for you, it was not coming to the US is part of a career that I planned that I want to become a professor in the US, et cetera, et cetera. You had this research interest and it's a way of continuing with that intellectual interest, even more than research. Yeah, exactly. It really was, it really was. And, and I think it also speaks to something that I always um, tell uh, students when they ask me, who, where should I apply and, and, and which schools and, and my answer is, is always uh, that the primary concern has to be your fit, the fit between your interest and the research program at the department in general, but of specific faculty within that program. Um, I think that's key, that, that, that um, I, 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 I would, you know, um, advice against applying simply because you, uh, students wanna say that they got their degree from Stanford or from Harvard uh, or from, it, it's not about the name of the school as much as it is about the fit and the uh, finding the common ground between one's personal research interest and program and those of the department and of the and of, of, of the faculty of the program, because a PhD is, I think uh, it's, it's not an individual journey, but it's, it's really a, a journey of many people that are mentors and peers and, 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 and uh, it's not impossible, but I think it's, it's difficult and it's challenging and probably is not as 
honestly rewarding to do a PhD where, where you just doing your, your thing on your own with some very loose um, mentoring and help uh, in relation to others in your department. It, it has to be a collective enterprise. And this is what I always um, try to emphasize that this is, this is about uh, um, not, not just your individual interests, but how they fit within a larger context of the program that you want to be part of. Okay. What, I'm curious now. Um, what uh, what are the lessons learned from your experience, both first as a graduate student, but in particular over the past 20 years, mentoring students about um, do's and don'ts in that space? Hmm. Um, well, I think, um, and it's interesting because I, I, I'm thinking I've mentored here, uh, I mentor students in the United States, but I also mentor students in, in Argentina. And I think probably the answers are somewhat different uh, because of the context and the resources that exist in American universities that are different for that are resources that exist in, um, in Latin American universities. Um, I think um, one, of the, one of the things I try to emphasize is thinking long-term and, and um, not rushing through uh, the opportunity, uh, and this is maybe particular for the US context, uh, where you have the opportunity to really absorb a lot of knowledge and traditions and ideas and really be open-minded about in your first maybe couple of years about um, new ideas, new methodologies, new uh, uh, fields of study that maybe students haven't considered when they applied, but then they discover, as, as I discover uh, new media and, and the internet when I got to Stanford um, and, and, and in some way shifted my interest from uh, civic engagement and newspapers to ended up being writing a dissertation about uh, digital television, but really more of a political economy of digital television and 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 the um, and the transition from uh, from or, or a change in the way that uh, that governments were administering the radio spectrum. So it, it was it was not something that I ever thought I would do when I entered the PhD program. Um, so I guess the the point is. Um, it's a great opportunity uh, when you're accepted to a PhD program to really absorb, keep your mind open, explore outside, also explore outside the department because universities are such, um, there's such a, a, a wealth of, of people and knowledge and ideas at the university that somehow when students are only looking within their department, I really encourage uh, to go outside and talk to people in other schools and departments and other students. Um, um, for example, and, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm currently working with both faculty and students in, 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 in research programs uh, that involve uh, education, uh, the education school, the public policy school, we're trying to develop something with engineering. So very much interdisciplinary which 
in Latin America is more challenging. I think in Latin America, it, it, it is not easy in the US, but in, in, in Latin America, I think for, for a number of reasons is, is in, in some ways more challenging. It, it, it depends on the context. Um, um, sometimes smaller, the, the fact that universities tend to be smaller makes it easier, uh, but, but it is more challenging, particularly in the large public universities where even physically, uh, if you study social sciences, you, you, you may be physically very, very far from those that study um, anything else. Um, so even that provides a, a, the, the, the kind of siloing and separation that, um, that is, um, that I think one of the challenges for academia in Latin America is to really break down some of the silos um, that exist uh, for, for decades. Okay. Um, now going back to your own journey, then, how did you switch, um, you know, the nuts and bolts? What made you pivot from newspaper reading civic culture, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to the political economy of what was then the transition to digital media? It was a combination of factors. Um, um, some of it, sometimes it's, it, it's the cycle of a project. We, uh, we wrapped up the project um, in a couple of years um, after I um, <clears throat> arrived uh, uh, at Stanford, uh, the project some, in some way was, was wrapped up. Uh, there was some continuation with, with other projects that were um, US-based, um, but I, I just, wanted to explore other other um, other projects um, and again there was a, you know it was it was the time of the 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 dot-com boom and and the internet was such a fascinating new thing coming up uh, and, and so many questions uh, and issues of um, issues of governance um, there, there, there was such a uh, it was such a green field for how how are societies going to govern this such a, a, a this this chaotic space it was it was it was um, it was a lot more chaotic the internet back in the days in terms of of, of, of users and, and 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 applications and technologies and 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 fragmented in, in so many ways that I think the governance issues started to to really fascinate me and, and as well as fascinating uh, fascinating by how this was to some the, the silver bullet to so many of the developing problems in Latin America and elsewhere. And I wanted to probe and question that as well. I, I, and, and, and also in the US, I think there were a lot of uh, really um, um, promises and hopes around the internet um, that that I wanted to uh, probe and question because I, um, uh, the, the optimism around this being um, the, the, <clears throat> the technology that is going to uh, improve education and improve health and, and uh, address climate change. And, and really it was the one, one uh, size fits all to every problem that societies have. Um, of course, this was part of the, the media discourse and, and even the political discourse at the time. Uh, uh, but but I, I, I became intrigued by that and wanted to question that and wanted to 
probe into the inners of, okay, if this is gonna happen, then, then let's see how it's gonna happen, when and to whom, and, and whether it's gonna really help address um, these problems and, 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 and create more inequality or less inequality. Uh, so I, I just became very interested in, in all those issues um, at the time. Okay, and so you shifted and you changed advisors as a result of that, right? That's correct. And um, so why USC? I mean, how was the, the transition from being a grad student to being a professor at USC? That was, you know, that was, that was um, at first a shock, uh, I have to admit. Um, it, the transition from being a, a student, a, a doctoral student, particularly because you have a, a, in, in your late stage all this freedom and time to write and think, and you, you know, obviously you're working uh, a lot because you're preparing your dissertation and you're anxious about the defense and you want to publish it. Um, but you still you own your own time. You you have a. a, a Poverty, uh, poverty level salary stipend, but you, you have that. Um, and uh, at the time, uh, it, 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 gave, it gives students a lot of freedom, academic and, and, and individual freedom. When, you, when you're a professor, obviously you have to teach classes, you have to go to meetings, you have to, you, know, you, you suddenly became engaged in an institutional context, which one, and this is perhaps of your, question about advice, maybe not to doctor students, but to early career scholars is be very careful about your engagement in your first years of, 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 of um, becoming a professor, because it's very easy to get sucked up in, in, in duties that in the end will have very little payoff in terms of your academic productivity. And it's very easy, and some schools are not great at protecting that and preventing that from happening. And, and some of it is, tempt, is the temptation uh, from, from, from new faculty to engage in so many other uh, things as well. Um, USC wasn't, USC is, uh, I think we are very good and we, we were very good at when I started and we were still very good at that and not doing that. Um, but it was still, um, it was still a transition and, and also, <clears throat> um, I think at the time USC was not as globally and internationally oriented and it should probably should be now it's different but at the time as my research shifted more and more to Latin America and, and global issues it did feel isolating being the perhaps the only one in a department of probably 50 faculty that were that was fully looking at those issues in as, as my primary area of research so um that changed quickly because we we hired other faculty and there were shifts in the faculty and and uh um but it it was it, it is not easy to and this perhaps is experience of some of uh, either Latino or Latin American is uh, in the in the field is coming to a department where you're hired as the one person to study 
that, which is great because you know it's it's obviously uh, uh, it's great, but at the same time, it is difficult to come to a department and you're suddenly the only one. And there's very there there, there aren't a lot of colleagues that you can um, develop projects together and speak to and share ideas and bounce off uh, um, um, I, new ideas. So. Um, for 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 some time it felt isolated. It, it changed quickly. We um, a couple of years after I arrived at U, uh, USC, we hired Manuel Castells. So talk about hire in terms of global uh, global media and internet. Um, so we hired Manuel, uh, Francois Bar came on board. Th there were there were many other ships in the faculty that that that, um, that uh, resulted in in in, in us coming together as a, as a, as a research group. Um, but, but I think it, it, I, I, I did feel the challenge and I think it is a challenge for some of my colleagues in, in this field that are, again, either Latin Americanists or Latino scholars. If the department, even the department is fully supportive of them, but they have to find their intellectual uh, uh, community outside the department, maybe in other departments, maybe in other universities, and that, that definitely is a challenge. So if I can follow up on that, um, what resources work for you? I mean, if you had to share knowledge from your own experience, right? What would you advise the younger Hernan, right? Who's starting now as opposed to just a few years ago when you started? Um, well, I think um, I was fortunate uh, to be able to connect with the resources fairly on in my career and fairly successful at grant writing. Um, but it took me some time. I think, you know, uh, the earlier, this, this is another uh, advice to grad students or doctoral students, the early the earlier you can engage in the art of grant writing and, and grant development, the better. Because sometimes doctoral students just become part of teams where they already have an NSF grant and the NSF grant is already there. You don't, you don't have to do anything to get the grant. But the more, you, the more the students can become engaged in understanding, okay, this is how I run, write a good grant uh, proposal to a foundation, to the NSF, to the NIH, to, to whatever uh, the, <clears throat> the, the funder is, it gives you an enormous advantage because when you step into the role of, okay, now I have to produce those resources, you already understand the game a lot better. I had to understand, I had to, I had a pretty steep learning curve in terms of, learning how to do that. Um, it took me some time. I was lucky that eventually I, I learned the ropes and, and has been able to fundraise quite successfully, I, I think. But um, one advice I would have then would be, you know, start earlier, even in, in, in your doctoral studies, and even just sit with your advisor and say, you know, you're writing a grant, let me, let me, let me, help you and try to understand how this works. Um, because uh, not, um, in, in a few years time, that student will be the one trying to get that grant. And, and again, it, it, it is great to learn those ropes early on. And I would say as, as the universities do provide training, but I think they probably 
have to be some training at the department level and more, more that we insist more to our grad students that, you know, you should really go to that training to understand how to write a grant and how to, uh, the difference between um, foundation funding and NSS funding. So, and, and, and um, I've, I've done a lot of uh, uh, development uh, type funding from uh, different development organizations. So all of that understanding the role of funding um, is, is important. For, not just for, for us to do more social science, I think the humanities as well, Every, everybody really should be thinking more about funding and started early on that journey. Okay, um, that's very good. So following up on that, as you said, um, you have been extremely successful in general in the grant getting arena, and in particular among development oriented funding sources. Um, in part because your work sort of has both a regional scope, right? Um, it's comparative in the region. Um, and you also have done important work and are particularly in, in the present time doing very, very important work with underrepresented minorities, the Latino population um, in the US. So, so how how would you compare how the field of communication and media studies, you know, in, in, in your portion of the field, in your sort of segment, sort of is looked at from a Latin American perspective versus from a US perspective? Yeah, this, this is a really interesting question. Uh, and, and again, having been both a professor at American University and um, university in, in Argentina and Latin America for almost a decade. The fields are very different. Um, and you can probably say the same about political science and international relations and other and, and, and other fields. But I think our, ours is particularly different because of the very different traditions that I think uh, most colleagues are aware of. Uh, the, the communication tradition in Latin America is a European, continental European tradition. And the uh, tradition um, of media scholar, uh, media um, <clears throat> and communications in, in the US is a more, it, it's, it's, it's an American, more social science um, uh, tradition. Um, I think that was, that, that difference was very clear 20 years ago when I started in the field. Um, I, I work with Steve Chafee and other colleagues at Stanford and I'll go back to Argentina. And when I talk to media scholars, it seemed like we were talking in different languages, truly different languages. We, we were talking past each other um, because of their training in semiotics and, and continental European philosophy and my training in more, uh, social science type of media studies and, and so forth. That has changed a lot. I think for, 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 for good and, 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 and um, I, I wanna mention that I think uh, your scholarship has been part of this, has been part of trying to blend some of this um, and the initiatives with uh, the MESO at you know, San Andres. Um, so the fields have, have come together, the, the, the traditions uh, have come together uh, quite a lot in the last 
uh, 20 years. Um, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's good news because we, we, it still is a new, it's, it, media and communication is still a new field. Some, some would say it's actually not a field, it's an issue area. So um, that discussion, um, I think it's still, I, I, I have never, I, I, I don't have particular interest in that discussion because that's sometimes it's sort of a semantic discussion of how you call things. But, but the reality is um, we are now more and more able to, or, or the, the, the differences between what communication is in Latin America and what communication is in the United States still exist, but have smoothed quite a bit and, and have, there's a lot more, there's a lot more back and forth of scholars and, and students coming um, uh, to study in the US or going to, to do their studies, uh, stays in, in, in Latin America um, and, and coming back to the US. So there's, I think we've, we've made a lot of great progress in, 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 um, in bringing together two different um, uh, traditions of scholarship and, 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 and and the results are visible. I think we've got great publications and great scholarship um, that that and we read each other. You know, uh, it used to be that we just didn't read each other. I um, I've been involved also in, in uh, journals that we uh, where we try to uh, engage Latin American readership and also publish Latin American scholars. Uh, if I may plug an ad here, we we just launched with CIDE in Mexico and and. Uh, the CETIS, uh, the Centro de Estudios de Tecnología y Sociedad um, in San Andres in Argentina, uh, launched a journal of the, um, the I, I, I'm not saying the exact title, but it's basically the journal of um, la, la Revista Latinoamericana de Economía y Sociedad Digital. It is not the exact term, but, uh, but, but is, is essentially trying to address the field of political economy and policy and social uh, science studies about the internet um, in Spanish for, uh, not only for a Spanish audience, but where Spanish uh, um, speaking uh, scholars can publish in, in Spanish. And, and um, that, that actually has, a, it's, we are in our first issue, but, but um, again, it's, it's another illustration of how these traditions have, have slowly, but, but, but gradually uh, uh, come closer. Okay, and if you could sort of engineer the way forward, what do you think are sort of the next important steps? I think having said that, let me put a big asterisk on that. In some ways, we, there's a lot of, uh, there's still ways to go. For example, um, conferences. I think uh, American uh, communication media conferences are still either too insular in terms of uh, US issues. And there's 10 panels about, I go to policy conferences and there's 10 panels about section 230. Uh, well, section 230 is interesting, but has no bearing on any other country because we don't have the first amendment and we don't have to section 230. So, um, uh, and oftentimes uh, when we send papers, um, our sessions are called international. Well, that's not, that's not an issue, but literally I, 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 I get I really upset when my session is called international. 
and 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 uh, suddenly your paper is about uh, internet adoption and the gender digital divide and employment in Latin America, and the next paper is about um, spectrum auctions in Indonesia. Uh, so um, there's there's still work to be done in in American academia um, to really. Uh, open the doors for scholarships, uh, uh, scholarship uh, of, of, of Latin America, Latin Americanists, uh, Latino scholars as well. I think Latino scholars have made great progress um, um, and, and Latinx studies and media studies, but there's, there's, there's still ways to go. There's still ways to go. I think again, uh, traditions have come close together, but institutionally, I think intellectually we've come closer together than institutionally. If I were to summarize it. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, so that would suggest that people are more ready than the organizations they work for. Absolutely. It's, it's an, a great, uh, different way to put yes, the, this idea. Yes, yes, absolutely. The organizations, perhaps naturally, organizations are difficult to change. Uh, you, you, you know this well, you study organizations all, all your life, uh, they're difficult to change. There's traditions, there's, there's un, unwritten rules, and there's written rules as well. Uh, and, um, and, and, there's, and there's issues of resources. Um, issues of resources, issues of uh, sometimes even the nitty gritty of visas and all this that, that obviously the last years have not been helpful in that sense. So all those institutional barriers still matter. Um, and, and again, I think the, the intellectually we've come closer, organizationally and institutionally, we'll, we'll still have, we still have a lot of work to do. Very interesting. So if you have magical powers then and, and could be granted uh, one wish about uh, how you'd like to change the field of communication and media studies or how you'd like the field of communication and media studies to change, um, what would you wish for? Um, well, perhaps along the lines of, of what we, we, we just talked about is um, that, that um, we could bring more, create a truly global field. Um, I think uh, in, in US academia, we have a, US in, in media and communication, we have a US field with sprinkles of uh, Europe and sprinkles of Asia, but really is South Korea and China, Hong Kong, perhaps. Um, that's our field in terms of, 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 of how global our field is. Um, if I had magical powers, I would really try to uh, hope that the field comes together as a truly global field of scholarships and we are reading uh, African scholarship and Latin American scholarship as much as we're reading European and American scholarships and, and, and vice versa. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much, Alnam, for the fascinating conversation. Thank you uh, very much, all of you in the audience, for listening uh, to this episode, staying with us to the end. And I invite you to tune in to the next episode of El Café Latinx. Goodbye. El Café Latinx is a production of the Center for Latinx Digital Media in the Department of Communication Studies at Northwestern University. 
I am Pablo Wojcicki, your host, and I'm joined by executive producer Mora Matassi.